never shall forget. Hallelujah. 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 Yeah. 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 My, 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 my. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Yeah. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory, 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 glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. But the free. How you lose my chains? Set me free. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Yeah. Oh, you ought to praise him today. You ought to praise him today for all that he's done for you. say 
You got to praise him until times get better. You got to praise him until times get better. You might be going through something, but don't wait till the battle is over. Give him glory. Give him praise. And praise him until times get better. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, go ahead and praise him. He's worthy of our praise. He's worthy of every ounce. That's what we came to do. To give him praise. Yes, Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Woo. Glory, glory, glory. Glory, 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 glory. Yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mm. Jesus. It's got to get better, y'all. It's going to get better. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Victory is the children's bread. That's our portion. Hallelujah. So we don't have to wait until we see the manifestation. We praise him in the midst of it, knowing that it's on the way. Yeah. Yeah. Glory to God.
Glory, 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 glory. Glory. Hallelujah. Come on, give the Lord a hand wave all over the building. Hallelujah. Just wave unto the Lord. Yeah. Hallelujah. Shout unto God now. Tell God thank you. Oh. Tell God thank you. Thank you Somebody Lord. shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Somebody shout glory. glory. Oh, yeah. Yes. God be the glory for the great things he has done hallelujah for the great things he has done oh yes oh yes oh yes glory to God glory to God thank you to realize that in the midst of everything that you go through in life that God is in control and that God is yet good to you. He never promised us that life would be easy but he promised to be with us. And when you know that God is with you and you begin to see in the midst of your difficulties in the midst of the persecution in the midst of the trials and tribulation of life that God is still working and God is still moving you can praise him in the midst of it hallelujah you don't have to wait until you come out of the situation you can praise him in the midst of it because you know what he's done for you same God that took you through the last time is the God that will take you through this time Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. In the book of Psalms. Ooh, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Psalm, Psalm 139. Glory to the name of Jesus. Oh, yes. 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 Ooh. Hallelujah. Glory to God. 
Psalm 139, verse 14. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are, the work, are your works, and that my soul knows very well. Hallelujah. Amen. Repeat that with me. I will praise you. Because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Oh, say that again. I will praise you. Because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous. 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 Hallelujah. Marvelous are your works. And that my soul knows very well. Hallelujah. I, I, I'm led to talk to you from the thought today, knowing your divine design. Knowing your divine design. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the power of your word. Thank you, Lord, that when your word goes forth, it will not return to you void but it will accomplish all that you desire. Thank you, Lord, that you prosper your word in the things that you sent your word to. Thank you for sending your word to us today. Thank you for what your word will accomplish in our lives as we hear and obey your word. Have your way now. Grant me a fresh anointing of your spirit that I might minister under your anointing. And through your anointing, yokes will be destroyed. And burdens will be removed. It's in Jesus' mighty name. We pray and we thank you. Amen. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Amen. Knowing your divine design. Glory to the name of Jesus. When we look at this Psalm, Psalm 139, it is a prayer of confidence and trust that, that comes through the mouth of David, through the writings of David, uh, uh, in the time when he had been wrongly accused by his enemies of some type of wrongdoing. And so the psalm includes a prayer uh, that his enemies would be destroyed. And I gave you the name of that type of prayer a few weeks ago. Uh, we don't generally pray those prayers today. Amen. Uh, even though sometimes we might want to. <laughs> But the Lord says, pray for those who persecute you in the New Testament, amen, who despitefully use you, amen. Uh, but it's a prayer that his enemies would be destroyed and, and the claim that the psalmist himself is innocent of any sin against God. And he's certain that he would be acquitted in this situation because God knows him completely, because God knows him completely. It begins with a description of God's complete knowledge of the psalmist. As you read down through here, you can go back and read it later. And it's an followed by an eloquent statement of, of, of God's presence in the whole universe. And then as we get into the area where we are ministering from today, the psalmist meditates on the wonders of his own creation by God. And he says, I will praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Amen. Marvelous are the works of your hands, as King James says it. Marvelous. So, so, so David is, 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 is writing uh, and considering all that he's going through and then stops and begins to realize God's design for his own life. Amen. 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 God's design. And it's critical that, that we understand this because uh, in this life, we are pushed to fit into man-made molds. And even in the church, you know, sometimes some people don't praise the Lord because they don't dance like other people. They just to get up and dance, you know. You might have a funny-looking move to somebody, but if, if they're praising the Lord, they don't see your move. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. But we're, we're pushed to, to fit into molds in this life. Amen. Amen. Uh, many times, 
without realizing it, we try to, we, we are being pushed. And, 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 you know, you see stuff that the people do on television, and, and sometimes we don't realize that, that television and the writers of different scripts, they're trying to influence the way the world thinks. And television has influenced the world, I mean, tremendously, tremendously. Uh, all you have to do is pay close attention. And sometimes people don't pay close attention to things. Uh, you know, they just see things and they, 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 they find themselves doing it. You see something you like uh, on television, you say, oh, I wish I had that. You know, and then you spend money to go out and get something like it. You know, it's an attempt to, to mold and to shape you uh, according to the world's way, according to the way that somebody else thinks and perceives life. And if we're not careful, we will miss God's design for our lives. Amen. God has a design for your life. Say, God has a design for my life. Yeah, 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 yeah. How many of you remember, and I don't know if they do this in schools today, but, but when we were seniors and they were doing, they did these things that were called senior superlatives, you know, most likely to succeed, you know, most handsome, most beautiful, you know, that, and, 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 and that, was, that was based on the perception of another individual, you know, and those people, I, w I went back to my high school yearbook to see uh, if, if and so somehow or another the year that I graduated, they didn't include that. I wanted to see uh, what they thought about me, which to me now it doesn't make any difference, you know. You got to take me like I am. Amen. Amen. Praise the name of Jesus. Now, like I am means that the Lord has worked on me. Amen. Amen. I, I want to qualify that, you know. Yeah, because like I was... Uh, uh, I want to be like the Lord has made me and has designed me and not fit into the mold of, 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 of other people. I, I don't fit into the mold of other preachers, you know. I don't, you know, I'm just, I preach the way God gives it to me. So if I hoop, I hoop. If I don't hoop, I don't hoop. You don't like it? That's up to you. You better get the word. That's the most important thing. But, you know, and, and, you know I, and I've shared this with you before. I remember in seminary, you know, uh, I remember my classmates in the mirror because we had, a, we had a, a hall bathroom. We had a community bathroom. So when you went into the bathroom, you know, people were in there, and they'd be in the mirror practicing their hoops and, you know, practicing their moves, you know. And, and some, Monday morning, get back to school, and some of those who were pastoring, you'd hear them come, Doc, I killed them yesterday. And I'd be like, you know, God didn't call us to kill anybody. <laughs> God called us to preach to people, amen, and to feed his people with knowledge and understanding. And I, and I remember, you know, you, you hear preachers like, some of y'all don't know these people, but uh, C.L. Franklin and, you know, you know you, and then you'd hear, you'd hear those people who mimicked him. You know, there's another man out of Dallas that, preached when we were in seminary, come to Atlanta, and, and I, there was a pastor today that I know who, who got his, his style down pat. He could preach exactly like that man. Amen, amen, amen. From the beginning of the sermon to the end. You know, and, and th this, is, this is the world's way of trying to make us be like someone else. Amen. And not not flow in the design that God has created us. Now, now, in order for me to flow in the design that God created me, I need to understand that design. You know, and, and, and so when you hear the scripture, uh, train up a child in the way that he should go, and then when he is old, he'll not depart from it. Amen. And you, you read the interpretation of that scripture. It says, train up a child according to his spiritual bend. So that means parents need to be paying attention to the way God has created their children and, and, and to the different talents and gifts and abilities even that God has given that little child so that they can be, begin to train up that child according to their spiritual being. You know, as opposed to you wanting to make your child something that God didn't create them to be. Or try to push them in an area 
that they're not gifted or qualified to flow in. Amen. You know, and, and so, 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 so parents have some responsibility in this, you know, to pay attention to, 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 to the children that God has given them. Amen. And, and, and to begin to discover their spiritual giftings and their spiritual leanings and, their, and, and, and abilities so that they can kind of guide the child in those directions and not allow that child to go to school or watch television and what have you so that they can become like somebody that they saw on television. God has a design for your life. Tell your neighbor God has a design for your life. Uh, amen, 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 amen. You know, because if you don't understand that your peers will try to make you to be like them. Amen, amen. You know, you get in, you hear about peer pressure. That's all about somebody, some group that you're in that's trying to pressure you or you're trying to pressure somebody else to be like you or they pressuring you to be like them. And that has happened to all of us, you know. But, but, but if we have the spiritual foundation Amen. To build our lives upon and begin to learn to listen to God, then we will begin to move in the direction that God wants us to be in. And then, you know, uh, I'm, I'm very thankful, and I was not perfect at this, but I'm very thankful that, that, that I was raised to, 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 to stand on my own two feet, amen, and not be like everybody else. You know, I learned early. You know, I wasn't a good baseball player. I was on the team, but I wasn't a good player. So it wasn't, wasn't in the sense of me trying to go to the major leagues, not even the minor leagues. I could very barely make it on the community team, you know. You know, so, you know, my daddy, I wasn't going to work to do the same kind of work daddy did. Mm-mm. Thank God he taught me to work hard, but I was not cutting down logs. Amen. I was not going out into the, into the pine trees and getting chiggers and, and ticks and all that kind of stuff, you know, and working from 5 o'clock in the morning and to, 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 to 6 o'clock in the evening, then coming home, getting behind a mule and plowing up a field. I wasn't doing that. They made tractors. <laughs> Amen. So I knew I had to go to school, amen. I knew I had to train my mind, amen, so that I could, so that I could make it in life, amen. And so when I went to college and I majored in political studies and, 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 I, and I flunked the first three tests, I knew that being a lawyer was not my calling. Amen. Thank God for the days you could drop an ad, amen. So my first semester, even though I flunked the first three political science test, I still came out with 3.5 on my first semester. You know? So, you know, and then, then, you know, because I love the church and I love worship and I love God, you know, the Spirit of the Lord said, major in religious studies. Back then, I wasn't thinking about being a pastor. Amen. I was just thinking about doing what I love to do. Amen. And today, I'm doing what I love to do. Amen. 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 Divine design. So doing what I love to do pushed me, amen, to, to get with some of my friends and start, the, start a gospel choir on USC's campus, start a church at the University of South Carolina. And out of that church, pastors of today have come out of that church and are pastoring congregations today in 2019. Out of the church, we started at the University of South Carolina. Amen. I was a religious studies major. I knew the head of the religion department. So it was, it was simple for me to go to him. And we had a chapel at USC that was not being used. It was simple for me to go to him and say, can we use this chapel so we can have worship? And he said, yes. Amen. So partying wasn't for me. Nightclub experience I didn't like. Amen. I didn't like it when I was growing up. Went out one Saturday and somebody starts shooting inside of the club and I had on a new outfit and running for my life. Somebody, somebody wastes beer on my clothes, and I was mad. I wasn't so mad about the shooting, but I was mad I had beer on my clothes. That was not for me. That scene was not for me. Give me church any day. Give me the choir any day. Give me prayer meeting any day. Amen. Divine design. Divine design. 
as opposed to allowing the people of the world and Satan to shape you in the direction that he wants you to go. Satan will use people in the world. Amen. We talked today about the fact that he is the diabolical one. Diabolos, the diabolical one. He's very diabolical. You have to be very careful and very attentive in this life because the devil will, 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 will use people, amen, and use situations, as even, even your own upbringing, even your own family. You have to be careful with your own family sometimes. All right, because your own family, it will be used by the devil to try to, sh- to, try to abort your destiny. Amen. To try, to, try, to, 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 try to, 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 to abort or try to change God's design for your life. Or either to make you not see what God has designed for your life. Amen. He comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. What better way for him to steal from you than to cause you not to be able to discern the way God has designed or the plan that God has designed for your life? What better way? We'll come to church and we will listen to the teaching and then we will leave the house of worship and still do something totally different from what the Word of God has said. So we are allowing the devil through the flesh, through the things of the world, to, to abort what God has planned for our lives. Hmm. In this life, you'll find people who will reject you because you're not like them. Anybody ever experienced that? They they will not want anything to do with you because you are not like them. And if you're not careful, you will become depressed because somebody dislikes you. You know, we grew up with this this saying, and I kind of think it's kind of wrong, but it was a good saying when when you don't know better. Sticks and stones may, but... Words will hurt you, but what you have to do is you have to move beyond the words, and you have to know who you are, and you have to know how God has has formed you, amen, how God has created you, and what God has for your life, so that you throw those words off that people say about you, and you go on and be who God has designed you to be, because people don't see where you're going, amen, people don't know where you're going, Sometimes people have no idea what God has planned for your life, how God has ordered your life, where God has taken you. So you have to learn how to throw those words off of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're kind of like a little scratch. You ever been scratched? Yeah, it hurts for a little while, but it'll heal. So talk about me. It'll heal. Hurt my feelings. It'll heal. I'm not going to be stopped because you have something negative to say about me. Amen. Because if truth be told, there's something negative that I can say about you. But I don't want to go down that road. Amen. Amen. I, 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 I want to I take the higher road. Glory to God. Amen. So when I hear people talking about other people, I'm like, okay, now, let's be real careful about that. Because there's something somebody can say about you. Amen. Amen, amen. But, but you have to be careful that you don't allow rejection from people. And, and, and sometimes this rejection can go real deep. You know, if, if, if a child is rejected by a parent, that goes deep. But now listen, here you are, you're 20 years old, you're 25 years old, you're 30 years old. When are you going to deal with it? When, when? Because it comes a time that you have to make up your mind that this thing is going to stop hurting me. This thing is going to stop blocking my path. This thing is going to stop being an obstacle in my life because God has created me, amen, with his own plan and with his own purpose. I am created in the image and the likeness of God. Yeah. So, so it's important for us to understand this, this, this process. 
and understand this concept of divine design. If you don't understand this, you will all through your life try to be like somebody else. Somebody asked me a long time ago, who is your hero? And I thank God for my daddy. I thank God for my mama and my brothers and my sisters, my aunts and my uncles who I love dearly. But my answer was, Jesus is my hero. Amen. As much as my daddy influenced me, good, I have a good father. Had a good father. Amen. He was mean sometimes to me, but that's okay. I thought that was my own perception. He was just harder on me than he was my older brother, and I thought I should be like my older brother. My daddy knew better. Amen. But as good as he was, and as much as he taught me, I wanted to be like Jesus. And I still want to be like Jesus. Amen. I can't be Elder Stowe. Elder Stowe can't be me. Amen. And so we have to understand that we can learn things from other people, but we can't be them. Mentioned last Sunday, you cannot live your life in comparing yourself to someone else. That is a death trap from the devil. Amen. When you live a life trying to compare yourself to someone else, the devil has trapped you. And the sooner you realize this, amen, the sooner you can be about the business of being who God created you to be and doing the things that God has created you to do. And the world will be a better place because God has created each one of us Amen. And giving us an assignment in this earth realm so that we can affect the lives of other people in a positive way. We need to understand this. We need to understand this. Amen. And as I say this, I'm reminded of the words, well, again, that Christ said to Satan. He said to his disciples, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. So when I understand that the devil is trying to kill me, the devil is trying to destroy. He's trying to stop my destiny. Amen. It's not always physical death, but the devil has tried to stop. You know, when I look back over my life, amen, I can see how many times Satan has tried to abort my destiny. But God, in the midst of the situation, God is determined to bring us to where we ought to be. So now think about this. and Think about where I am today. It's by divine design. Amen. Amen. It's by divine design. Why am I your pastor? It's by divine design. Amen. It's by divine. You may not realize this, and sometimes people don't. You know, they don't realize that God gave them a pastor, amen, after his own heart to feed them with knowledge and understanding. So they'll go and find another pastor. Oh, glory to God. But it's by divine design. I thank God that, that I'm old enough and I didn't grow up in this generation because, you know, they say about this generation that they don't stay too many places long. Amen. Now, I would have had to leave my home church after I started learning some things that I learned. I would have had to go because I had to grow. Amen. I had to grow. Amen. But even in seminary, I wanted to find a place to settle down where I could stay until the Lord moved me to another city. So, so, yeah, yeah. By divine design. And I believe that the church God connected me to was by divine design. Amen. 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 Yeah, amen. Yeah. So, 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 we need to understand divine. Everybody say divine design. When we understand it, amen, purpose and fulfillment comes into focus in our lives. When I understand how God has created me, when I understand why I'm here and what God's purpose is for my life, amen, why I'm doing the things that I'm doing, then purpose and fulfillment comes into focus in my life. So now it's not only being your pastor, but doing the work of missions and pastoring other pastors and overseeing churches, you know, and, and this has brought fulfillment in my life. How many of us long for fulfillment? You own a job, you can't stand it. You don't want to get up in the morning and go to work. Am I, is anybody here like this? Oh, you just, love, you, you just love your job, amen, and you love everybody on your job, and you're excited to go in and turn that computer on or sit at your desk or turn that machine on every day. You're just excited. I see some heads shaking divine design. So, so, so how has God designed you? 
Are you doing what God designed you to do? Hmm. Let's go a little bit further. Amen? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. The scripture for today speaks volumes to us about divine design. In the midst of all that David is dealing with in his mind and in his in his experience, he comes to the point in his prayer where he begins to give God praise for, for the fact that God has created him. Amen. He says in this one verse, I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are the works of your works and that my soul knows very well. What's so special about this realization? Okay. All right. All right. Well, it, it's a personal realization, a personal revelation, amen, that, that, that David has, amen, that he is uniquely made, amen. He is unique from anyone else in God's creation. It's a realization that God took the time to create David and give David specific gifts and abilities, amen, that would make him a special person in this world. It's a realization, listen now that frees David up. Does anybody need to be free today? That frees David from the need to compare himself to anybody else. Now you think about David's life and think about him being king. He, could, he didn't even have to worry about comparing himself to Saul. Even when he killed Goliath and the people started singing, Saul has killed his thousands, but David has killed his ten thousands. David was able to take that humbly because he knew how he was made. You see, if you, if you don't know how you're made, when people start saying stuff to you, it'll go to your, right to your head. And then you begin to think more highly of yourself than you ought to think. The Bible says that we should never think more highly of ourselves than we ought to think, but to think soberly as God has, dealt, has given to every man the measure of faith. Amen? Amen. People will say, oh, pastor, you're a good pastor. You're a good preacher. You're good this. And I say, thank you but the glory goes to God. Because with the same mouth that you bless me, you might turn around and curse me. Amen? Amen. So when that man came to Jesus, and I, 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 I pay attention to Scripture, that man came to Jesus, and, and he said to Jesus, good master. Jesus said, there's none good but the Father. Amen. When people come to me and say, you're good, I, I want to say what Jesus said. There's none good but the Father. None good. You see, because... However you estimate my gifts and my abilities, they're not mine. God gave them to me. Amen? Amen. So, 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 so David realizes this. Amen? It freed David up from comparing himself to, to anybody else, regardless of how gifted or how talented they may be. It's a revelation that frees David to walk in his divine calling and his destiny, regardless of what anyone else, else's calling or destiny may have been for their lives. And God wants to free you up so that you can walk in your destiny, regardless of what anybody else's destiny. Than he is. And you know, if you knew David's story, most of us don't know David's story. We just see him as the little shepherd boy. But we don't know that David is a product of, 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 of uh, uh, he would be called an illegitimate child. You wonder why David was out tending the sheep when Samuel came looking to anoint Jesse's uh, 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 sons and he called all of his sons and forgot about David. He knew David was out there, but it couldn't be David. It couldn't be David. It had to be one of these tall, good-looking men. Couldn't be that little ruddy, red-haired boy out there tending the sheep. You got to know David's story. Sometimes we read the Bible and we don't know the whole story. You know, and so it, even though the circumstances of his birth may have been bad, God had a plan for his life. God had a destiny for his life. Amen. That God was not going to allow the devil to abort. Hmm. Yeah. You got to know about divine design. And maybe this message is not for everybody here today, but it's going to speak to somebody. Amen. It's going to speak to somebody. You know, you know, you know, when, you, when David was hated by his own brothers, some of y'all hated by your own family. Your family don't want to see you coming. Just tell the truth. Oh, <laughs> uh, here come that holy roller. All they're going to do talk about Jesus. Don't you get tired of talking about Jesus? No, I don't get tired of talking about Jesus. 
It's Jesus in the morning, Jesus at noonday, Jesus in the evening, Jesus all night long. Hallelujah. Because it's Jesus that has set me free. Sometimes your family dislikes you. Sometimes your family doesn't want to hear what you got to say unless you're saying what they want you to say. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, 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 and so David, David got a glimpse of what God had for him. You know, it didn't mean that David was exempted from trouble. Even after David is anointed king. Amen. It's many years before he ascends to the throne. And in the midst of it, David was lied on. Amen. Saul tried to kill David. David had to run for his life. Amen. David had to hide in caves. David had to, David connected with the Philistines in the midst of knowing that God had a plan for his life. Why are y'all worried? Why are you worried when you're serving God and the enemy is attacking you? Amen. If the enemy does not attack you, that means he's already, you're already on his side. If you're not having affliction, maybe it means that the devil realizes, that's mine. Let me go over here and flick this other, afflict this other person. Let me me mess with this other person that I don't have. Because if I can get them off track, if I can, if I can get that focus shifted away from what God has created them to be and what God has created them to do, then I can stop them from entering into their destiny. Understand divine design. Divine design. Amen. So, 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 when we look at this, we see this in the scripture. We see, you know, David is in trouble. David has been afflicted, but David understands that God's hand is on his life. And God has made him in, 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 in an amazing way. And God has gifted him in an amazing way. Who in here? You know God has gifted you in an amazing way. There are gifts and talents and abilities that you have, amen, that other folk in your family don't have. Why are you walking around with your head hung down? Why are you walking around worried about where you're going? You know, get the realization that God has created you uniquely, fearfully, and wonderfully. Marvelous, the sovereign God saw you before you were formed in your mother's womb and knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb and appointed things for your life, ordained things for your life. That you're not walking in. That you're not walking in. Because somewhere along the way, you allowed the devil to get you off track. So what does this say to us? Amen. What does all this say to us? First of all, when we realize this, and we realize that we're not walking in our own, in, in our destiny, that we're not walking in the plan that God has for our lives, that we're not walking according to God's design for us. The first thing you need to do is you need to take your life and your destiny back, at, back from the hands of the world or your friends or the devil. Amen. Even good intending friends, because sometimes you got some good friends and they intend good. And they see stuff God is doing in your life, and because they intend good, they start suggesting things to you that you ought to do. But you got to realize, and you got to ask yourself, is this what God intended for me to do? Because you can't put your destiny in the hands of another individual. You cannot do it. Can I do it? So you got to take this back. Amen? Now, and I am not suggesting to you that you are the master of your fate, that you're the captain of your soul. Anybody know that poem? I used to read Invictus, is that it? You should read that poem when I was in college. And I said, well, I'm not really the master of my fate, the captain of my soul. God is. But, but I kind of understand the, the, the essence of that. I have a big part to play in entering into my destiny. Amen. I, there, there's some things that I need to do. I need from those people who may even mean good, but they don't see what God is doing in my life. And when I say take your life and your destiny out of the hands of the, the world, the friends, and even Satan, I'm saying you have a responsibility. 
Paul says, I keep under my body. He didn't say the Holy Ghost keeps under his body. Paul said, I keep under my body that I might bring it into subjection, lest after I preach to others, I myself become a castaway. You say, how can you preach to others and you become a castaway? Well, you know, see, sometimes there's things you don't know because you're sitting in the pews, but then when we sit in the role of being a pastor and being a bishop, oh, Lord, I'm on Facebook Live. But I'm going to say it anyhow. <laughs> there, are, there, are, there are things you can get into. There are things you can do. You can go to the conventions, you know, and, and I won't spell it all out. But, you know, you can be in this circle of people that don't really want to glorify God. And you can begin to do the things that they do. And it seems all right because everybody in your group is doing what they're doing. Anybody know anything about that? May not be a pastor, you know, maybe a maybe a girlfriend's group, you know. You know, you go off on a trip somewhere and nobody sees you. And nobody knows where you came from. And uh, the rest of it, y'all can fill in. But you gotta, you gotta take your destiny out of the hands of people who don't see where you're going, who don't have an inkling of where you're going, and who don't really care about your destiny. Or care about the way God has created you. Then you gotta put your life and your destiny back where it should be. In the hands of the Almighty God. In the hands of the sovereign God. Amen. God never forces his will on our lives. Amen. That's why he created us as free moral agents. And we understand this. God does not force us to do anything. He gives us the opportunity. What is our decision? God, I'm going to yield my life to you. I'm going to give myself to you. We sing the song, I give myself away. So you can use me. Do we really mean that? Are we giving ourselves up to the Lord? Amen. Amen. Jesus said, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Deny yourself means that I, I put myself on the altar. I put my desires, my wishes. I give myself back to the Lord. This is sometimes a tough decision to make. It's sometimes a tough decision to make to separate yourself from some people that mean well. They just don't mean good for you. It's tough. But if you're going to be who God created you to be, that's a decision that has to be made. This God that knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. Y'all listening? Amen. Are you getting anything out of this? I hope so. This is all you're getting today. You danced a few minutes ago. <laughs> Glad you got your dance on. Amen. And begin to take steps of focusing your life on what God wants you to do. Now listen, I'm going to give you five things. I want you to write them down. I don't usually do this, but I'm giving to you today. Because some people need to know, somebody needs to know, y'all listening, somebody needs to know about divine design. How are you designed? How are you created? You know, you, some people ask the question, what are my gifts? I don't know what my gifts are. That's a part of your design. All right? And some people are designed to do things they're not even doing. Struggling. Struggling. What are your drives? Write down drives. What excites you? What fires? What do you get excited about? So, you know, when I look at myself, I, I've always been excited by preachers. Even from a little boy. I mean, I, would, I, would, I, would, I remember from a little boy being in worship, being amazed by the man of God. Amen. I've been excited about worship. Amen. And I've always wanted to be in worship. Amen. I'm excited about doing the work of the Lord. What's your, what fires you up? What drives you? What pushes you? Some people are great cooks. Great cooks. And they are not cooking. 
could have a restaurant chain by now. But they've gone to the grind of a nine-to-five job every day. What drives you? What are your experiences? D, E, experiences. What is experiences have made you unique from other people? What has God allowed you to go through in your life that has caused you to be different from other people? And this is where sometimes your friends separate from you at because they want you to be just like them. But you can't be just like them. Your experiences have been different. Your life experiences have been different. The things that God has allowed you to go through have been different. Design, D-E, spiritually, how do you best connect with God? You know, we teach people about, you know, morning devotions and what have you. We understand that, that everybody is not, are not morning people, but you got to find time. What fits you? So you can connect with God, so you can get into this word and study this word, amen, and meditate in this word so you can grow in the Lord. You know, some people still like quartet singing. I could care less. Just don't, don't sing a quartet song in here on Sunday. <laughs> you know, that doesn't, mm, you know. Some people still like the old spirituals. I still like them, but I sing them at home and sing them in the, in the shower and sing them when I'm riding up the highway. It doesn't, doesn't fit into the style of worship that we have. What drives you? What pushes you to God? Your soul has to long for God as the deer pants for the brooks of water. What is that thing pushes you to God? Because you need your relationship with God. It's not just coming to church, saints. It is developing a personal relationship with God. What, what is this passion that God has put inside of you? What has God put inside of you to cause you to impact the world? What has God put inside of you that will cause you to impact somebody else? You see, life is not just about us. God has given you something that will cause you to impact others. You know, when, when Jonathan did start doing his writing series, what was it called? When you start t- talking about writing. Yeah, and some of the things you mentioned at first about, you know, how to, how to, to, to make your, your speeches and what have you succinct, you know, in less words. You know, I read that, and I started going back in every letter that I write now. I go back and I read the lines. What can I take out? What can make this shorter? This man impacted me. That's something God put in you to impact you. But you got to put it out there. Sometimes it's just on Facebook. Get started. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Are y'all writing this down? I know I don't usually preach this way, but this is preaching. Amen? All right? What is your genius? What do you do repeatedly, successfully, and happily? Mm. What is your genius? You like people. You love people. You love hanging around people. Then you should be on the ministry of hospitality at least. You don't like people? Don't be on hospitality. You don't like people? Don't be in the kitchen. If you don't like to cook, especially, don't be in the kitchen. You might be better cutting the grass. What is your genius? There are some things that make you happy. I've talked about how, how worship makes me happy. Amen. I can wake up over in the night worshiping the Lord. Amen. I can go to bed in my mind or somewhere else and just wake up over in the night and there's a song in my spirit. I love worshiping the Lord. I love the fellowship of believers. You all may stress me out sometime, but I'll be back next Sunday. Amen. I love God's people. Amen. I get excited about being with God's people. God's people might be crazy. Amen. They may be bouncing off the wall one day. Amen. Praying the next day. But I still love God's people. What makes you happy? What do you do successfully? You're talking about the way God has designed you. 
The way God has designed you. Amen? Then the last thing is what is your personality, your nature? Are you an extrovert? Are you an introvert? Are you structured? Are you spontaneous? Some people, you know, I am naturally an introverted person. Most people today don't think that. But I can sit with you all day long. I don't have to say a word. I'm just fine. But I realize that the way God has called me, that I need to get out of that introvertedness. Amen? And I need to be able to connect with people. So now it's easy for me. People say, you ride an airplane for 18 hours. What do you do? Got people on the airplane. Talk. Amen. If you're going to win souls, what do you have to do? You have to talk. Amen. 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 But you got to understand your nature. So if there's something that needs to be changed, God is still working on you. Amen. God can change anything about you. But you got to understand your nature and God's plan for your life. Some people are just structured. Some people can tell you, I'll be there at 535, and they'll be there at 535. So I'll be there at 715 or 713. You look at 713. Then some people will tell you they're on their way and they haven't left home yet. Uh, where are you? I'm on my way. You got to be more What are you doing right now? God wants us to begin to focus. And sometimes in church, we are so used to being told what to do. We don't take time to really look at ourselves and write out a plan about what we should be doing. We feel like we come to church and we dance and we shout, then it's all over. It's all fixed. And I understand, amen, and we don't wait until the battle is over. Amen, we got to praise God now. But you need to begin to think about, your, even if you're 60 years old, you're not too old. To think about divine design. To think about the way God has designed you. You need some joy in your life. Amen. You are in the midst of, of, of trouble and, and confusion and, and frustration. You need some joy in your life. The greatest joy comes when you know how God has created you and what God created you for. So Jesus could hang on the cross. Jesus, before he got to the cross, when Peter said, no, you will not die, Jesus could say, for this cause I came into this world. So what should I say now, Lord, save me from this cause? No. And Jesus could hang on that cross in the midst of suffering, in the midst of pain. And Jesus could die on the cross knowing that he had fulfilled his purpose in life. He could hang there. Say, it is finished. And give up the ghost and die knowing that he had fulfilled his purpose in life. I don't intend to leave this life not having fulfilled my purpose. I thank God for the way he designed me. Sometimes when my body is tired and I don't feel that going on, it's the way God has designed me that makes a difference in the world. That's what pushes me. If I'm sick in my body, you may not even know it. But it's because of the way God has designed me. And I said a few Sundays ago, that's just the way I'm built. Then I said that, and then the devil attacked my body and I had to go to bed. But I was still built that way. Amen. I'm I'm a pastor at heart. There's very little things people can do to really make me not want to be a not want to pastor them. Mm, And I tell you all the time, I don't go around talking about you. Some of y'all could do some crazy things. <laughs> but when I'm with my pastor friends, they will never tell you that I talked about you. Because that's what God called me to do. God designed me to take care of his sheep. It is no sense of me complaining about the sheep. That's what God designed me to do. If I'm complaining, if you're frustrating me, if you're making me want to give up, Maybe I'm not walking in my calling and my gifting. So how has God designed you? Are you frustrated with life? 
Are you frustrated with living? Are you frustrated those that job? Is that what God has designed you to do? Now that, that so listen, I gotta say this because some people take things out of context. If you married and you made a choice. You come back here saying God didn't design that person to be your husband or your wife. I'm not sending you to divorce court. So I'm telling you up front, sometimes some decisions you make, you got to live with those decisions. I'm not talking about, but before you get married. Rajon, say before I get married. Think about your design and think about who's designed to be like you that you would want to marry that will complement your life. Young people, are you listening? Unmarried people, are you listening? God has designed someone who will complement you and who will complement your life. Sex cannot be the determiner. It cannot be. I say it all the time. And say, if, if some people are here tell the truth, they say, Pastor, you sure told the truth. But you ain't got to say it. God, God's design. God is intentional. God loves you. David realized just how intentional God was. We have to realize just how intentional God is. Let's stand.